Hello, this is episode 257 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Reddy. When we compare norms, that's what this podcast is about. So I'm back from my moment of pause, my time out to think. I've just been writing for my tribe recently. I've taken a bit of pressure off myself in terms of writing for humanity and just writing for those close and just enjoying writing for myself, which I don't think I've ever given myself the luxury of doing, actually now that I consider it over three years after starting writing. And the next podcast is on writing. So I'm going to record two together again today. So sometimes you need to leave the cosmopolitan city to see, to see from another perspective. And there's a time in Ireland, you know, being Pride Month, that if you left, you, you, would have been, you wouldn't have seen a presence of pride in Dublin, but you certainly wouldn't have seen it outside of Dublin. And some people find it strange that my social media is not particularly opinionated and out and proud. And it certainly hasn't been during any of the referendums. And part of the reason for this is that I have to work with everybody. And by not being that person, it makes you more approachable when people have perhaps made the wrong choices or voted away against their own children or created a dynamic in their own families that's difficult. And it makes you the approachable person to work with everybody beyond those points in history and beyond those moments in time. And I find the referendum is very difficult for that reason. I find it very difficult to keep my own personal self out of it in order to keep a bigger context. But as time has gone on, I've been really glad that I've done that. And it sits very well with me. And it means that you have really interesting conversations with people. And so one of the conversations that I had recently, and I hope the person I had this with won't mind me sharing it, I'm sure they won't. Well, they were asking me, you know, from their perspective as a heterosexual person, why there was often such an age gap in gay relationships and why that was almost so accepted. In many cases, it wouldn't be as accepted within the straight community, especially when there's a significant age gap, and particularly when men are much older and so on. To be honest with you, I I don't always agree with either. I think as I go through life, and I, I don't think I've ever really judged anybody's relationship, but I think sometimes people meet people who are more significant to them when they're older. There certainly isn't a case of one relationship size fits all. And all sorts of stories can happen. There can be all sorts of tragedies in life. There can be all sorts of twists and turns. You know, life is not linear. And I think that this is, again, this is one of the ideas of one of the first norms we have. That, you know, the relationships are very linear and you meet very young. And regardless of how the relationship is, you stay together. And people aren't allowed to grow and change and evolve. But in a gay context, what I explained to this person was that often people haven't, especially in, in rural Ireland, they haven't got to come out until later in their lives. And they've often lived another life first. And in many ways, regardless of their age, 
in terms of their development and their relationship experience, they're often at the same stage as each other, even though one person can appear to be much older, but they're actually only being their authentic self and embarking on the life that they would have liked to have embarked on in their early 20s. And so it can seem as if there's a big gap in terms of age between those people, but in terms of their actual experience of being in a gay relationship, they're actually on the same plane and in the same place in it and in the same timeline, and that you can't compare norms. And I thought that was, it was really, and, and once I explained that, they looked at it in a very different way. They didn't realize that people often take time to become their authentic self and to live the life that they would like to be living. They had never considered that in, in, in their superimposing of what we expect as a heterosexual norm onto gay relationships. So that was one norm that was really interesting to talk about. There was another conversation I had on pronouns, and I, I prefer the concept of gender-free. I always try myself, since the very beginning, to use very open language. And ironically, this started in the school because not everybody has a mommy and daddy, and there are all sorts of dynamics. There were plenty of people who had been adopted. There were plenty of people who were being fostered. There were plenty of situations of people being raised by their grandparents for all sorts of reasons. You know, so again, we, we, we can't apply norms in a classroom situation. And so I try to use very generic open language, such as student, guardian, adult, partner, and so on. But I'm not going to say that I always get this right. I struggle with English literacy and with grammar. But as time has gone on, I have begun to really struggle with certain YouTube channels. I can't watch them anymore when they're guys this and guys that. And I started to find that very disconcerting. And in Ireland, it's all lads. It's a very Irish term. Come on, lads. And, and it's one that's always jarred with me. But as I started to explore these conversations in, in a rural context where the only difference is that, to be honest, there's been less exposure. And just by pure demographics, there's slightly less people. And so there's slightly less. It's more of a big deal for you to live outside the norm and what's thought of and what's accepted and what's assumed for your life. And I went to college in, in a rural college as well with a whole demographic of people. And it the one part that wasn't normal was people from Dublin to go across to the west of Ireland to go to college. And even concepts like bisexuality were incredibly misunderstood at the time. It was seen as a stepping stone to coming out to being gay. And in fact, there was very few people I met who were authentically bisexual in terms that they fancied equally both genders. It was a more liberal term and a more accepted term and I think there was almost a hope for parents that it was just a phase or a fad that you were going through and that you grow out and come out the other side and so in many cases it ends up being the introduction term used in many Irish households it's easier to come back and say that you're bisexual than you are to say that you're gay and I think having done 
so much self-exploration into myself. The only aspect I struggle to understand about myself is why I'm not bisexual. I think that would make a lot more sense to me, given the way that I connect to people, given my sense of balancing the masculine and feminine within myself. And I had a really interesting experience two summers ago now when I was writing a book called Bringing Out the Ugly, which I don't think many people are ready to to read yet. And so I will say that anyone who's read it has ended up in a really amazing relationship. There's a really strong sense of, of relationships and intimacy and what they can really hold. And I've grown a lot closer to people who've read the book. But what I, what I often notice when I start writing that's really quite funny is that even though I don't tell people what I'm writing about or I don't particularly talk about the language of the themes, like in the beginning, everyone started using the, the, the word core to me when I was writing the first set of books. But in this book, what happened when I got about halfway through it was that men started to really hit on me. And I wouldn't normally have that in a large context because having short hair, I would have been assumed that from my style that I was a gay woman and I wouldn't normally get chatted up by men. Though I would have done in the UK quite openly so it's quite a different dynamic there even within that and I can see that in the last five years in in Ireland that a lot has changed in terms of those roles and our assumptions and our perceptions so even that has has shifted and there is more of an openness I still got quite a lot of stares down the country for the few days because of my short hair my hair is not that short at the moment but just the whole idea of having you know it it's spiked up and funked up. It's, you know, it's a, it's a bit out there. But when I was writing this book, you know, it was like, I don't know what button I pushed, but suddenly I had a lot more male attention. And even there was people from my past, from very different ethnic backgrounds, students that I'd had who came back and told me that they had been very attracted to me while I had been working in a university. And like, I, I couldn't be a more Western type of woman and I was quite surprised by um, their affection and so on and their comments which we just you know it's just you know really quite um, humbled by them and the fact that I had been able to bridge such a gap between the cultures as well in fact that that meant a lot to me so it was very it was it was very interesting and it's still an aspect that I don't understand myself and I joke with with female friends that, you know, it really does just boil down to men being hairy and smelly, which is a tad unfortunate. But, you know, but it do form very close bonds with them. Which brings me on to the next point and the next article I shared a few days ago was on the concepts of pansexual. I still struggle with the concepts of labels because if you have a label, you have a set that you have to fit into and a certain set of expectations. And as it is, like as I've gone through this conversation, you know, you can see that there's even expectations in the way that I style my hair in Ireland and the way that I dress and what career I choose to have and the type of car you should drive and all sorts of things, you know. So we start, you know, I've never conformed in any of the ways. And so I don't, I really think that all labels come with an aspect of conformity. But as I read that article on pansexual, what, what I really liked was it was almost like what the true essence of bisexuality should be. 
the attraction to people regardless. The aspects of balance, the aspects of masculine and feminine that you see within the person, the aspects of the roles. I think all the people that I've known who were genuinely bisexual tend to go through different cycles, which makes a lot of sense to me. I think you can require slightly more of something outside of yourself at certain times in your life and so on to balance the aspects of where you're at within yourself too. So there's a lot in this article I really liked. But the part that I don't like is that it's still sexualized. And I feel that because we have such a sexualization at such a young age, and there is, like, listening to my teenagers talking and connecting with them, there is such a pressure in, oh, they looked at you, or they expressed an interest in you, or they took an interest in some way, or that was too intense and everyone has a comment on it. Like, it's so difficult for people at that age now to just connect with people on a level. And especially the sort of sisterhood that would have existed in terms of women and the closeness and the connection and the the support that's possible there. But when you start to explore your sexuality at that age and you start to come out with the terms, and I know this from myself even living in quite a rural part of Dublin, that once your sexuality is known, you can you can no longer connect with people depending on their own insecurities, obviously. Just in that in that context and in that way, there's just so much in the mix. There's so many assumptions made. And so it's even more difficult to navigate that as a teenager. There was another part of the conversations I saw. And I think it's even more difficult to do in a smaller community where everybody knows everybody. And you're outside the box and outside the norm in a slightly different way. Having conversations with some of the adults in terms of the whole diversity of gender and pronouns, there's just a sense of them viewing this as the the latest shock factor, the latest reason to be different. There just seems to be a division of sides, a division of generations. And I shared a very impactful post yesterday, which was ultimately that when we have an openness to identity and to pronouns, teens are less likely to commit suicide. And so somehow, over the last few days, I found myself trying to bridge those gaps in conversations, in trying to show adults that there's so much in themselves that they haven't considered, that there are so many roles and norms that they've been prepared to follow, that much of this conversation is about challenging those norms, that much of the labels is trying to carve out a way to talk about it and to talk about self-expression in a new context and to explore it and to have a, a slightly different shot at life, to be able to do all the things that I was able to do, to be able to be a girl without questioning what you want to do, to be able to have close friendships with all genders to be able to explore whoever you're attracted to. That much of this is about trying to rebel against the norms. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the the language is around this. It matters in the openness and the possibility. It doesn't matter if you get it. It doesn't matter if you understand it. 
It doesn't matter if you're not perfect with the grammar. What matters is the freedom and the openness and the acceptance of others. What matters more than anything is that you're prepared to start questioning the norms. And the smaller the context that you live in, and the less diversity, and just the sheer lower number of people, and the lower the exposure and the ideas, because it takes so long for ideas to filter through. And there is such a difference in a very short number of years in Ireland in watching the pride flag even filter out of Dublin into the rest of the country. Never mind us actually questioning the norms that you're automatically following.